Have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And kids, you guys go ahead and come to the front. Just find a seat in the front couple rows. Uh, kids of all ages, um, if, they're, if all the seats fill up, go ahead and park it on the floor. And I actually need eight strong adults to also come to the front. Eight strong, and, and all the adults are thinking, oh, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Okay, good. Go ahead and grab a chair. One, two, wow, there's only two strong adults in here. Three, thank you, four, five, and the adults feel free to sit on the, sit on the chairs because we're going to have you guys actually standing and sitting throughout. Yeah, you sweet, oh, this is going to be fun today. Oh, no, no, don't go, don't go sitting down yet, just gather around, find a chair, park it, and uh, you guys might have to rotate in and out, adults. Okay? Good. Wow. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Perfect. A lot of work. So this morning, we're going to talk in such a way that the kids can understand, but that the adults are challenged and encouraged. And we're going to start this morning by simply hanging out. Or by hanging on. Or by clinging to. Kids, when I say I want to hang on or I want to cling to, what do you think I mean? Uh oh. Clean, clean the dishes. Not clean, cling. Cling. What's that? Say it again. Hold on tight, right? This morning we're going to start by hanging. Okay, that's why I got some adults up here. I have uh, four bars, okay? So, I need two adults on each bar. And, yeah, no adult's going to be able to do this by themselves. So, if you see one adult with one bar, go ahead and... Uh... Okay, so... Oh, man, we, we got another adult over here. Yeah, awesome. Dan, come on. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So here's what we need. I need uh, now, kids, you guys are all going to be able to hang out and hang on at some point during the message, okay? We're gonna, I need four. Four kids, okay? Uh, one, two, three, four. Go grab a bar, okay? Adults, um, just hold it like, you know, about wherever. Okay, so uh, Ziva over there. And um, we want you guys just to hang, Okay? I literally just grab onto the bar and then pick your feet up and hang. And the goal is to hang as long as you can. Okay, now here's the, here's the risk. Go ahead and hang. Here, here's the risk. Once you, once you fall, you go ahead and go and stay down. The risk is we're going to get a kid up here who can just hang for minutes. And uh, you guys are going to miss the Pro Bowl if that's the case. Um, but until then, we're, we're going to cheer for them. We're going to hope that they can hang on for quite a while. And... Uh, just in case uh, people don't know the names of everybody who's just hanging out, we have uh, Cameron here. We have Tessa. Tessa, want to wave? <laughs> we have Ezri and Ziva. Okay, you guys go ahead. You guys go ahead and drop. Just... Oh, uh-oh. Wow, this could, this could be. Yeah. I bet, I bet if we tickle them, it could, yeah. 
I'm fairly sure those bars aren't going to break. <laughs> I can't make any guarantees, though. I tell you what, you guys keep hanging out. Let me get two more people over here. Okay, two more. Oh, wow. One, two. Come on. Jack, you go back there. <laughs> and Malia. Okay, we, okay, somebody else. New one. Tainer. Tainer, hop up here. You kind of hang. Go ahead and hang. Just hang there. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You guys make him do this at home? Maybe some of both. I didn't realize those bars would bend that way. <laughs> wow. Cameron, are you still hanging on? Wow. Okay. Good job, Tane. Uh, come on up, Sage. Sage promised me he's going to hang for a long time today. So, Okay. Uh, no, not yet. You know, we're going we're gonna to save, save you guys. Okay. Um, wow. Do a pull-up, Cameron. No, you gotta, just hang on really tight and do a pull-up. Oh, she's getting so... Are you going to pull? Oh, wow. Is it get, Cameron, is it getting difficult? Okay. You can go ahead and hop down. <laughs> Fantastic. Adults, thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. Don't go too far because you're going to come back up again. Okay. Now go ahead and put it. Hang on to your bars. Go, just go sit somewhere towards the front because we're going to get you back up here. I heard somebody say, what's the point of this? Why are we doing this? Why would we start with just hanging on to just clinging to? Well, in 1 Timothy, which is the book that we've been studying, there is a passage where the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to cling to, to hang on. It's in verses 18 to 20, and we're going to get to that. Before we do, I want to review for all of you guys, because some of you go downstairs, and I want to review for all of you guys, because I know your memory is, uh, well, it's your memory. So the first 17 verses of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy is a letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and Timothy is Paul's right-hand man. If, if Paul ever needs any sort of help, he calls Timothy. He writes Timothy. So Timothy is, uh, is in Ephesus. He's in a city in, called Ephesus working at a church there. Paul left him there and said, I need you to pastor this church. Well, uh, The deal is Timothy's young. He's a new pastor, and this church has been around a while, and there is some challenging things going on. There's some adults that are being kind of hard to get along with and some adults that are teaching false things. So Paul tells Timothy, you must stop them. Don't just talk to them. Stop them. And he says what they're teaching is worthless babble, godless chatter. Now, for a young man, a new pastor, that might be kind of challenging. Now, what Paul does next is he goes on in verses 8 to 11. So that was verses 3 to 7. Verses 8 to 11, Paul says there's certain people that need God's rules for life, certain people that need God's law. Those people are sinful, they are disobedient, they are rebellious. That's one list, and then he gives another list of six out of the ten, ten commandments. And we're guessing that a lot of those ten commandments were being broken in the church as well as in the town. Now, those two lists combined made it seem like you'd have to be really, really, really bad to need those things, God's law. But Paul goes on to say, listen, I'm the worst of those rule breakers. This is a guy who 
was fantastic as it came to following God's law. Really, really good at it. And yet he says, ah, I am the worst. He says, I'm a violent man or I was a violent man. I persecuted God's people. I blasphemed God. Essentially what Paul was saying is we all need God's grace. We all need God's mercy. We need the things that God gives. And in verses 12 to 16 of this chapter, Paul lists the things that God gives. He gives mercy, generosity, grace, faith, love, perfect patience, and he gives the opportunity for other people to get to know who Jesus is by the way we act. And Paul says if we're doing all those things, if we're accepting what God gives, then ultimately we're going to worship. That's verse 17. We're going to be led to worship. Now, I realize you guys have sat there for a little bit. It's been about three minutes, so we want to get another group that's hanging out. So adults, go ahead and resume your bar position. And kids who have not hung out yet. I need four kids who have not hung out yet. Now, don't raise your hand if you have, okay? One. Silas, have you hung out yet? Do you want to hang on a bar? No? Okay. Two. Don't raise your hand if you've hung out. Three. Cody, four, okay. You want to hang with your daddy? That's every boy's dream. I want to hang with my daddy. Come on, dude. Come hang out with your dad. He's going to help you out, okay? You guys grab on and start hanging. Hang as long as you possibly can. We're not allowed to tickle the kids. I heard somebody say we've got to lower the bar. Oh, wow. Okay, if you don't know these kids, we have got Cody. We've got Kylie, we've got Dakota, and we've got Silas, and they're just hanging out. It's kind of hard, isn't it, man? It's hard to hang on. It's hard to cling to. Try one more time. Hey, somebody take a picture. Somebody take a picture of that and then send it to me. For those that are listening online wondering what all the laughing is for, Kylie has decided to do a pull-up and is now sitting on the bar. Kylie, you must be in gymnastics. Yeah, you're, you're no longer hanging. You're sitting. There we go. It's half expecting her to start flipping around. Well done. Well done. Let's see. Uh, let me see, okay, anybody else? We got one more round of this, not yet. One more round. Okay, we're going we're gonna to wait. Okay, that was easy for the adults this time. Go ahead and sit down. And kids, we are going to do another one of these, okay? What? Everybody will get to do it once, okay? Clinging to, hanging on to, that's what we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to talk about that in verses 18 to 20 in 1 Timothy. So we're going to read that, and kids, if you can read, go ahead and follow along on the screen. Paul says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith in Christ. Did you get that? Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately violated their consciences, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. 
Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme God. Now, these three verses at the end of chapter 1 are three quick verses, small verses, that after some powerful verses earlier, a lot of people would be tempted to skim over. But this is loaded with good stuff. We're going to talk about it. We're going to keep it simple and yet powerful. So, verse 18 says this. says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Now, I think Paul writes this because this. Remember, Timothy was young. He was a new pastor, and there were some hard things going on in that church. And Paul told him, go and address people. Go and, and stop them. Now, these people that he was telling to stop were probably older. They had probably been in the church a long time, and Timothy, being young, could have gotten kind of scared. It could have been frightening for him to go and talk to somebody. See, nobody likes confrontation. Nobody likes confrontation in the church, and yet Paul is saying, go and confront. But so that he's not scared, Paul says to Timothy, but remember, God has already said some pretty amazing things about you. The prophetic words is what that says. He's already said some great things about you, Timothy. Now, what were those great things? We don't know for sure. Maybe it was some encouragement. Maybe it was talking about how God had made Timothy. Maybe it was talking about God saying, Timothy, you're going to be successful there. Maybe it was God telling Timothy, you've got a gift for dealing with challenging situations. Maybe it was God telling Timothy, hey, you can explain God's words well. Whatever it was, if it was any of those, do you think Timothy would have been encouraged? I think so. Can you see how this would help Timothy fight in the Lord's battles? Now, battles, it's interesting that Paul uses that word. Because Timothy, Timothy's there being a pastor. But see, as, as a pastor, as somebody guiding a group of people, learning how to be and make disciples, sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can feel like a battle. Especially in Timothy's case where people are speaking false truths. So Paul tells Timothy, be encouraged. Fight well, this is God's battles, and God has already spoken some cool things about you. Now, those battles, those hard times, we get to see a little bit about that in the second half of verse 19 and in verse 20. Paul tells Timothy this. He says, some people have deliberately violated their consciences, and as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples of these. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme God. This verse says they violated their consciences. Now this means that they have acted in such a way that they and the people around them, the church, they knew it was not right. They knew that God would not be happy. And Paul says when they acted this way, their faith was shipwrecked. Shipwrecked. Kind of an interesting word there. Picture with me a boat on the ocean, okay? No wind, no breeze. The boat is just floating there nice and calm, right? But then all of a sudden, the wind picks up, and the boat starts to rock back and forth, and the waves get a little bit higher, and all of a sudden, the boat's rocking back even more, and it's going up 
and down. And yes, Sage, you see it right there going up, but now you feel the, the spray from the water. You can taste the, the salt water in your mouth, and you know that you're getting close to the shore, and yet the, the, the ship kind of looks like that is rocking back and forth, and there's rocks near the shore. There's reefs, and you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, you feel the boat hit a rock, and then it rocks back the other way, and it hits a reef, and it's starting to get tattered. It's starting to get torn, and it's starting to fall apart. It looks a lot like that. All of a sudden, the boat can't hold goods anymore. It can't hold people anymore. It is shipwrecked. Can you see it? It's ruined. What's interesting is that the Greek word for shipwreck actually means ruined. And Paul had been on a couple of boats like this. 2 Timothy chapter, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says, three times I was shipwrecked. Once Paul spent an entire night and day floating in the sea. So Paul knew what it was like to see a ship that was shipwrecked. And like I said, that Greek word means to be ruined. So Paul knew when he tells Timothy there's people acting in a way that their faith is ruined, he knew what that would be like. I wonder what those people were doing. What do you kids think? What do you think the people that were acting in a way that their faith were shipwrecked, what were they doing? Sage, you got any guesses? Trying to get back, maybe. That's kind of a tough question. What were they doing? We actually, do you have a guess? What's your guess? They were sinning. Yeah, well, that's true. We actually know how they were sinning. Because Paul wrote a second letter to Timothy, and the same guy is mentioned. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. Paul says, Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like a cancer, as is the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. These two have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. Now, in this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Did you catch what they were doing? Listen again. Verse 16, 17, and 18. Avoid worthless, foolish talk. That only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk can spread like a cancer, as is the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They've left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. You know what they did? What they do? What were they doing? Turning people away from the faith, right, by what they said. They were doing exactly what the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy in the first letter to Timothy in the first chapter that we reviewed. Godless talk, worthless chatter, turning people away from the faith. And their talk was like a cancer. It spread. You guys have heard that word cancer before. It's a, it's a terrible disease, painful something that can take somebody's life whether they're young or old. We've had a lot of people in here go through that. I don't think God would want our words to spread like that, would you? No. No, no, no. All right. A little bit of squirming, so we're going to hang out a little bit more. Who has not hung out yet who wants to? Okay, stand up. Not you yet. Okay, Caleb, have you? Just the one? Nobody else wants to hang out? Any adults want to come hang out? You've already hung out. I saw the, I saw the pole bending. Nobody? Have you hung out yet? Yes. Who has not? 
Anybody there? Come on there. Those that don't know, this is Dalton. Dalton, go and hang out. I don't think there's anybody else right now. Yeah, you guys go ahead. JJ's going to go a little bit later. Oh, man, that's tough, huh? You slipped already? Haven't, feet haven't hit yet. Kind of hard hanging on, huh? Kind of hard clinging to. Especially if the people holding your bar are rocking back and forth a little bit. Especially <laughs> if they're turning it. It gets harder to hold on, doesn't it? They're readjusting. Dalton's doing a fan. You know that Dalton's going to do well because he's in camo. Like most of us can't even see him hanging there because he's in camo. Can you do a pull-up? Get up, get up, get up. Oh, that's so close. What if we tickle him? <laughs> he, is, he is phenomenal. This was the risk, okay, that someone's going to hang on for a really long time. Upside down with your hands. Oh, yeah? Who's a really good hugger? Cody, you're a good hugger. Come here. Come here. Come on. Give me a hug. Like, what's, what's going on? Give me a hug. Okay, now, go get... Oh, his feet hit. I was going to have you give him a hug, but his feet already hit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, back to what we're looking at. First Timothy chapter 1, Paul gives specific examples of people to address... And he tells Timothy to address them. And then he gives, in our passage today, examples of two people who were not being good examples. You guys remember their names? What were the names of the two people that Paul gave as a bad example of bad examples? That was Paul and Timothy. Paul was writing to Timothy. Who did Paul say these people are acting in such a way that people's faith is getting shipwrecked. Now, Philetus, that was actually in 2 Timothy. Yes? Hymenaeus and Alexander, she had her Bible open. That's right. They were the bad example, of the good example of the bad example. Now, if your name was in the Bible, would you want it to be in there for being a bad example? No. So what should we do to make sure that we don't become bad examples to other people? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's in here. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Paul tells Timothy, cling to the faith and keep your conscience clear. Cling to the faith and keep your conscience clear. That's Paul's instructions for Timothy on how not to be a bad example. Now, the part about keeping your conscience clear we mentioned earlier, it's about acting in such a way that you and those around you, your friends, your parents, your aunts, your uncles, the church, can say you're acting in such a way that's pleasing God. That's what the keeping conscience clear means. Now, the clinging to the faith part, we've been doing that. We've been demonstrating that this morning. Clinging to bars. It's kind of hard, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard. You all eventually fell. Even Cameron, eventually. Paul says, cling to the faith. But what does that mean? What does he mean by the faith? Well, I think, I'm going to tell you, 
And you can tell me if you're right. I think he means the fundamentals of what we believe. The core things. We've been singing songs this morning that, that speak to the, fun, the foundations of our faith. Kara led us in a responsive reading called the Apostles' Creed. Now, I think we can simplify it even more than that. I think if Paul were here, he would say, kids and adults, cling to these things. God is real. God is good. God loves you. God did what he said he would do in Jesus. Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus' work on the cross, his death, his resurrection is enough to make us right with God. God forgives, and the Bible tells us all that. The basics, the fundamentals, what we believe, it's our faith. And Paul says, cling to that. Hold on to those things. No matter what takes place, keep hanging on. Now, is that always going to be easy? No. Are we going to have questions? Yes. Doubts? Yes. Adults, I was reading this past week an author who said that the lingering sickness of the 21st century is the church and the people in the church too easily break out in an allergic reaction to people who ask prodding, uncomfortable questions about God and faith and the church. People don't like questions. We react to it. But this guy says the right questions are gifts from God that lead us back to the truth. And what is that truth? It's the faith that we claim. God is real. God is good. God loves us. God is who he says he is. Christ's work on the cross is enough. God forgives. The Bible tells us this stuff. So Paul says, hang on to that. Even when you have questions, cling to that. And sometimes, like we saw, clinging to the faith can be hard, but we need to keep doing it anyways. Okay, we're going to finish with a visible example, okay? JJ, you've been raising your hand for quite a while, okay? Have you not hung yet, Caleb? Okay, we're going to get two. I need four adults, okay? And uh, I'm going I'm to tell you that, that you're not just going to hold right here, adults. I'm going to have you pick up over your head. Okay, so if you have shoulders that can't do that, don't, but those that can, okay, so Caleb and JJ, right over here. Now, we've saved JJ till the end, and Caleb, because he didn't come earlier. Are you going to hold or are you going to hang? You're going to hang. You're going to hold. Well, so I need, I need a second person, okay? And adults, we're going to let them get a grip while they're down, and then I want you to pick it up over your heads. Adults, do not lower them, okay? Because what we're going to show is that even for adults, hanging on to something, hanging on to our faith can be hard. Now, other adults, I'm going to give you a heads up. Anybody who's sitting in the front row, if you see the adults start to struggle, when you see their arms start to fade, I want you guys to go ahead and jump up there, stick another hand in there. Don't take their place, but I want you to gather around and add more to them. Make sense? Okay. So adults, kids, you cling to the faith, and adults, hold them as high as you can above your heads. Go ahead and go. Okay, very good. Adults, sometimes clinging to the faith can be hard. Okay, I knew a pastor. Caleb's cheating? Caleb, you got to hang, man. Okay, just hang there. Caleb, if it's easier, you can just hang down. Adults, sometimes clinging to your faith can be hard. I knew a pastor once whose dad was beaten up so bad that he died. 
Okay? A year later, this pastor had to preach a sermon on forgiveness. And he clung to the fact that God was good. He clung to the fact that God forgave. Sometimes clinging to the faith as adults can be hard. Johnny, better hop up there. Let's get, a, let's get one more up there holding on. Let's get, another, let's get another adult helping them hold. Okay, kids, you're still doing good? Adults, there's going to be times where relatives die unexpectedly, where you go for a jog on the Centennial Trail. All right, okay, Caleb, hop back up. And, uh, and Annika, I want you to actually go on all fours under him so that he has somebody bouncing him, okay? <laughs> We're going to get there. You still have to hang on. Okay, you still have to hang on. Now go ahead and go and lift it up. Go and lift it up. Okay, now, are you good, Annika? Are you good? Okay. Cody, I want you under JJ. Okay, now, JJ, you're still hanging on, but you've got somebody there. Okay, okay. Good. Adults, you're keeping, them, you're keeping them held up. Somebody, yeah, there you go. Take some pictures of this. This is good. Adults, sometimes it's hard to cling to the faith. We know this. Sometimes maybe your kids grow up and they walk away from the faith. Okay? Sometimes maybe your kids or other family members are making choices that are hurting your family. Sometimes you go into a deep, dark depression and you don't know why. As adults, clinging to our faith can be hard. That's why we have to have other adults come alongside us like you're seeing here and help us cling. We're clinging to that faith as adults. And what is that faith? God is real. God is good. God loves us. God did what he said he would in Jesus. Jesus' work on the cross is enough. God forgives us. The Bible tells us this. You got to come around. Scripture talks about bearing one one another's burdens. As adults, when faith gets hard, come alongside each other. Now, kids, you got to see how both Caleb and JJ already fell, but now they're not falling. You know why? Because you guys have come alongside them. Even kids will have your faith shaken. Maybe at school, somebody's going to make fun of you because you believe in Jesus. Maybe you're going to have kids make fun of you because your, your parents say, no, you can't have a sleepover on a Saturday night because you got church the next day. Maybe there's going to be an adult that hurts you. Some of you trust. Maybe you're going to see your parents arguing. Maybe even not living together anymore. Maybe you're going to see all the bad kids getting the good things and the good kids struggling. There's going to come a time, kids, where your faith will be shaken, where even when you have people standing next to you, it's still going to be hard. And that's when, kids, you've got to come alongside your friends and you've got to make sure that you are holding each other up. It's going to be a struggle. You can see this taking place. Even with somebody under you, even with adults around you, clinging to your faith can be hard. But together, we could keep doing it for quite some time. I'm going to have you guys go ahead and hop down gently. Don't hop on the person's back. Okay, adults, go ahead and put them down. Now move your shoulders around and then make sure you grab an ice pack later this afternoon. Okay, adults, thank you very much. Kids, go ahead and uh, go go sit back with your parents. Let's give the kids a round of applause for hanging out. Let's give the adults, uh, especially those who are uh, struggling now, a round of applause for hanging on. 
I'm going to tell you. No, they forgot to. They forgot to. Okay. You say, remember Jesus. <laughs> Cody's asking. Should we're, we gave Cody another job later on. I keep saying cling to the faith. I keep saying hold on to the faith. Now, that's, that's great in theory. But how do we do that practically? I'm going to give you some, some things that you know. We're talking fundamentals, basics. These are things that you can do to help you cling to the faith. Spend time in here, in Scripture, because this is the story of people who have clung to the faith. Read Hebrews chapter 11, okay? the great hall of faith, people who have, who have persevered. So spend time reading Scripture. Spend time praying. Talk with God. Okay, even when it's hard, even when it seems like you're talking to a brick wall, continue to pray. This will help you cling to the faith. I want to say ask the hard questions, even if it's uncomfortable, even if the people that you're asking to say, uh, I don't know, which is a perfectly legitimate answer. Okay? Ask those hard questions. Talk to people when you doubt. That's fine. Celebrate the days you don't have doubt. Honor the mystery in the struggle. Those are some practical things you can do to hang on to the faith. Now, adults, you got to see adults coming around each other and helping them. Kids, you got to see kids holding up other kids. Kids, I want to tell you a secret, okay? Most adults won't tell you this. There's going to be times where you guys have to encourage us as adults. There's going to be times where you see us struggling. And one of the most simple things you can do to us is tug on our shirt and say, hey, remember Jesus. Cling to the faith. Because a childlike faith will encourage us. We're going to do this very practically this morning. We're going to take communion, and we're going to have the kids help serve it with their parents behind them. And the kids that are helping serve, I've, I've recruited six, so you know who you are. The kids are going to say two things. The one who's holding the bread is going to give it to you first, and they're going to say, remember Jesus. That's what it says. Cling to your faith in Christ. Now, so you take that bread, and then the next kid is going to hold out the, the cup, and they're going to say, cling to the faith. And I want you guys to be encouraged by that as adults. Don't make it tricky on them. It's hard enough to remember one line. Okay, so let them encourage you. Let them remind you. Let them Take a firm grasp for you this morning. Taking communion is another one of those practical ways we can cling to the faith. Because as we take bread, we remember that Christ's body was broken so that ours doesn't have to be. As we take the juice, we remember that Christ's blood was shed so that ours doesn't have to be. And communion reminds us of the fundamentals. God is real. God is good. God loves us. God does what he says he's going to do. Christ's work on the cross, represented by the bread and the juice, is enough for us to be made right with God. God forgives. The Bible tells us this. Let these kids encourage you this morning. Uh, parents, this last week I had a question from a parent. They asked me, do you care if, if our kids take communion? I'm going to tell you that I personally have landed on, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that as long as you've had a chance to explain to your kids what's going on. 
okay? I think they can understand more than we give them credit for, and I think they can grow in that understanding as they experience it. If you're not comfortable letting your kids take communion, that's also completely fine. We can wait till another time, okay? It's going to be three stations. There's going to be one in that back corner where Beth is standing. There's going to be one over here in that corner, and there's going to be one station up front. Two kids at each. You just go to the station that's closest to you. Let the kids encourage you. You can take the bread and the juice. You can take it back to your seat. You can take it when you're ready. Are there any questions? I'm going to invite the kids and the parents who are serving communion to come on up to the front. I want to pray. Tim is going to play quietly during this time. Make sure your guys' hearts are ready for this. And uh, let's be encouraged this morning to cling to the faith. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then I'll hand you guys the communion. Lord God, thank you so much for the reminder this morning of a simple truth that we need to cling to Jesus, that we need to cling to the foundations and the fundamentals of our faith. God, we believe that you are real. We believe that you are good. We believe that, that you love us and that you've done what you said you would do through Jesus Christ. We believe that his work on the cross was enough to make us right with you. We believe that that work on the cross enables us to be forgiven by you. And God, we believe that this book, Scripture, tells us these things. This morning, we want to cling to you as we take communion. We ask that you bless the bread. We ask that you bless the cup. Nourish it. Nourish our bodies with it, physically, emotionally, probably most so this morning, spiritually. May these kids be encouraged as they serve, and may we as adults be encouraged as we take from these young disciples. We ask that you would help them cling to the faith and help us as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
you were unable to come to the front, just go ahead and wave and some of these guys will come and serve you. Please stand on this.